We've been looking for a home in this neighborhood, and nothing that fits our needs seems to be available. Then our realtor told us about the FHA 203K program, where we can find a smaller room and use that program to add another room and remodel the home all in the same loan. The same loan we used to purchase the home. What a great idea. Hey, welcome to Love My Renovation Project with Mike Young on this glorious day. Uh, we're sitting here in Las Vegas, Nevada, wishing it were warmer. <laughs> I don't usually wish that in the summertime, but right now, it, I think it's about 50 out there right now. I'm glad I'm inside the studios. But Anyway, are you a teacher, fireman, policeman, prison guard, EMT? You looking to buy a home? How would you like to get 50% discount on a home? I'm talking a home you're buying for three or $400,000 maybe, and you can get 50% discount. That's major. Uh, there are some stipulations, and if you want to know what they are, give us a call today in the show at 888-627-6008 and join us. You know, sometimes a, uh, a homeowner may be back to the wall. They don't have anybody to help them. They're in a renovation loan. They're halfway through it. The consultant they thought was their advocate is no longer that, and he shouldn't be. And, and they just got no one on their side. They call the lender, the draw specialist. The draw specialist says, I can't help you. That's not my job. So here we go. You've got no one to talk to. What do you do? Well, we have a website, 203K, excuse me, yeah, 203K911.com. You can go there, and we will be glad to help you. And if we can talk you through what you have to do, and you can then do it, There is no charge at all. Uh, we have that website going on now about four years. I think we've helped well over 500 people. Uh, we've only charged uh, a very small number of people a very nominal fee in order to take over and go fix the problem for them. And that's what, uh, that's what we do. We're happy to help you wherever we can. And we don't care which part of the equation. It can be the homeowner. You could have a contractor that uh, needs help or a consultant that needs help or a lender that needs help. We're happy to help anybody in the transaction. But many home buyers think their consultant is their advocate. And while it may seem like that at first, they are not. A consultant's job is to assist the client in creating a scope of work that meets the minimum property standard and addresses the items the borrower may want beyond those minimum property standards. In addition, the consultant will provide an independent bid on your project prior to getting any bids from the contractor if you let us do our job. It's all empowering. Um, I, I keep going back to one example I use over and over again. I did a 203K project in about four days. I put a bid together at $159,000. The borrower had chosen a single contractor who, after four and a half weeks, came out with a bid of $298,000 for the same list, the same scope of work. What's scary is the client may have taken that bid 
had they turned their bid in first. Uh, it's important. Uh, by the way, I had her choose her second contractor to bid the job. I was at 159. The second contractor came in at 161. At that point, she thought, oh, my goodness, my contractor was going to rip me off. Well, I don't really think that. Those are her words, not mine, by the way. Uh, but it's not that at all. I, you know, you got a, a different mentality, a different contractor, a different way of doing business. Uh, you know, the second contractor probably had every subcontractor he knew come out there and, and bid the different parts of the job, and then he put a hefty markup on it. Some areas, like Marin County, can handle a bigger markup. You're dealing with a, uh, people that are more affluent, more more money in their pocket, more money to burn, and contractors in that area typically charge more than they do in Oakland or uh, the other side of the bay there. Anyway, if you've got a topic you'd like us to discuss, uh, please give us a call. We'll be happy to talk to you at 888-627-6008. And if you don't want to do it on the air, then go to go to 203k911.com, and it, you can explain it to us, the situation. So we have a little bit of background prior to talking to you. It really helps. So anyway, uh, you know, for years, Oakland, California has been a stronghold of 203Ks, lots of older homes. And this is typically anywhere in the country where you have older homes, homes that are anywhere from 75 to 150 years old. Uh, because you're, you're going to need renovations, many of them. Uh, that $159,000 project I bid had no foundation. It was built on four-by-four four posts buried into the ground, uh, but there was no, never in a 104-year-old house had it had a perimeter foundation. So we put a perimeter foundation under it. And that's what it's all about, is getting these things done the way they should be done. Do you have to have a concrete perimeter foundation on a 203K? No. Uh, we had one in uh, Black Point, California, which is over near Sears Point Racetrack. But Black Point had, uh, this house that we were doing had a very substantial grade beam foundation with three grade beams. And they were all heading toward the water, and the, it was so close to the water that the water would, actually when the tide came in, the water would come up under the house. And then it would go back out, and then dry out. And four or six hours later, the tide would come back in and get all wet again. The funny part of this thing is, the lender insisted we put a perimeter foundation. And we had to argue the point with them. No, you don't have to put in a perimeter foundation. It's whatever is common for the area. So a pier and post foundation on an FHA, if everything else in the area is on pier and post, you don't have to put a perimeter foundation. So know your guidelines, people. Get in there because you do not have to replace it. We had a manufactured home once, and I wanted to put a perimeter foundation around it. I learned the hard way from the engineer. No, this meets HUD's standards for manufactured homes. They do not have to have a concrete perimeter foundation. Some of them have that, but you're certainly not, uh, it's not required.
required. So, anyway, so when you say 203K consultant, you automatically think about the loan officer who puts the loan together on these things. Uh, had a call yesterday. Yesterday. No, by golly, I think it was, could have been yesterday, but it might have been Friday from a contractor in the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area, that was building a house from the ground up, and he needed me to put a loan together for him. Well, we are not the loan officer. We are 203K consultants. We represent the client and help you put a scope of work together and bid the job for you so you have advanced knowledge of the cost of your project prior to getting your contractor bid. And that's what it's all about. Uh, it's all empowering. I mean, the, the borrower gets all that. Um, you know, if we bid a job, say, about 75000 as an example, first contractor bid comes in at 90000 they should not panic. Let's see where the second bid comes in. It'll be coming in between seventy-five and 80000 It's a good bid. It can be higher than our bid. It's okay. Because it's the economy and the local economy that establishes the cost of that construction job. So your consultant needs to be up on the local economy of wherever they're working. But what happened to make the first contractor so high in it, and that's not really high, by the way, 75000 and they're up at 90000 uh, What could have possibly done that? Uh, they could be very busy right now. And they tend to increase their prices to slow it down. And yet, if they get a job, there's enough money in there for them to put it out to bid to a friendly contractor and sub it out to them and still make 15 or 20% on the project and never set foot on the project grounds. And that's, that's scary. So you can make 20 to 20% 20 uh, 20 of 75 is 15,000. So we added together, when added together, they're 90,000. So they're, they're not that far out. But chances are he's taking and going to sub this out. If I get this job at all, I'm not going to put my crew out there. I'm too busy. Instead, he'll put another crew out there and make his 20% that way. Uh, you have a dilemma now of choosing the contractor you feel would be the best choice for you with, with, you know, with regards to communication skills. Who did you like better? Uh, the lowest bid is not always the best choice. Sometimes the low bidder is so far low that he might have missed something. But it doesn't preclude you from negotiating a bid if you really like the higher bidders or the you know the higher bidding contractor better. See if there's any way they can meet you in the middle ground. Okay, we even have larger loans up to three million that include renovations. So there's a lot of possibilities. But Call us at 888-627-6008. Toll free and be part of the show. We'll be right back after this short break, so stay tuned. I thought I we'd thought. get a construction loan to fix our home, but they wanted four points and 9% interest. And if we didn't get the job finished within six months, they wanted even more points. Then we heard about the FHA 203K program, where we could refinance our home and get the additional money to make those repairs all in one low-interest loan. What a great idea. Yeah. Picking up where we left off, the FHA 203K is alive and well. And 
Charlotte and everywhere else, but uh, we lived in Charlotte for a while, so we'll talk about Charlotte a little bit. But the FHA Loan Guarantee Program is actually alive and well all over the United States and its colonies. But if it isn't the uh, yeah, but it isn't the only renovation loan out there. You know, your client has more than three and a half. If your client has more than three and a half percent down, the Fannie Mae program with 20% down will save them the PMI, which is the private mortgage insurance. Uh, that can be substantial. It can be four or five hundred dollars a month in many cases. So I had a lender call me on a rush job in Charlotte uh, some time ago. Then within an hour, the same lender called me back about a second rush project. Turns out both of these were limited 203K projects and there was going to be no consultant involved, only to find out the day before they close, or supposed to close, that they had issues. No one spotted those issues until one day prior to closing when the underwriter happened to get a hold of a termite report or a pest report, and they noticed some structural issues called out in the pest report. So that made it a standard 203K. So the home or the lender called us up and said, can you get out there like really fast? And I said, well, you lucked out. I'm, I'm available. So I ran out there, uh, saw the first house, and as I pulled up in front of it, I'm looking at a high-tension tower adjacent in the adjacent lot next door to the house, probably no more than 10, 15 feet, 10 or 15 feet, away from the subject property. Well, FHA has a rule, and it's in the appraiser manual. So any consultants that are listening to this, if you get the opportunity to set it on appraisal update, a class on the appraisals for the 203K, it's a good thing to do. Find out what is going on in the appraisal work, what the appraiser is required to call out. So the appraiser got there, He's supposed to call this out, and this never would have been a 203K. So if there wasn't a consultant, there was a less than knowledgeable uh, real estate professional on the job. They didn't know about this high-tension tower. Um, but another thing you can do is find out what loan is on it now. If, in fact, if an FHA loan had made a mistake and put a loan on that property, they may let you do another FHA loan on it and fix it up. But I wouldn't I wouldn't plan on it. I wouldn't account on it. So anyway, the second rush job we were able to get done and turned in that day, uh, priced out and everything, because we already had contractor bids on everything. It was a pretty simple job. And we turned it in, and it closed a day late is all. It didn't close the next day. It had to be underwritten, and that takes at least a day. So how would you like, you know, you got this thing all ready to close, you're counting, you're already spending that commission that you're picking up tomorrow and the deal falls through. And because nobody knew the guideline about the high tension tower, that, that's scary. How can everybody not know it? I knew it as soon as I pulled up there, but I was an appraiser. Maybe that's why I knew it and somebody else didn't. So if you're a consultant and you get the opportunity to sit in on appraisal update, uh, seminars do so. You may very well find some information that will help you with your business.
the other one didn't have such a pleasant ending. Oh, that one didn't have anyway. The high tension wires. Uh, I oh, I have it right here in my notes. Twelve feet away. So that tower was twelve feet away, and the guideline says that the tower, the house cannot be within the fall distance of a high tension tower, and the fall distance would be the height plus. So I've had several high tension towers where I had to estimate as best I could if it fell, would it hit the house? And uh, I know I remember one in Vallejo that was very close. So I had to do some extrapolation and do some measurements and, and do some uh, trigonometry to find out if, in fact, that thing would fall this close to the house, if it fell in this direction. So anyway, these are all things, you know, you wonder why you go to school and why you uh, take some of the classes you take. But, boy, I've used all my math in, in our current business. So anyway, you know, you need to learn those appraisal things. And if you're a realtor selling a home with a high-tension tower right next door, shame on you. You should have already known that. So you also would be behoove you to take classes that the appraiser class teaches on FHA. So if FHA is doing an appraiser class, sit in on it. You may learn some stuff. Get a hold of their guideline. Uh, you may learn some stuff that will help you in your endeavor, in your field of work. But think out of the box is the next topic we have today. I want you all to start thinking out of the box. Don't assume the MLS is the only place you're going to find homes. Now, I know you're going, to, you're going to go to that FISBO site where you for sale by owner and you're contacting those people to see if, if they're having any luck and maybe you can list their product or their house for them. Uh, but when you're going FISBO and you're paying, you know, $1,999 to, to sell your house, it's kind of hard for that guy to justify paying Six percent or five percent, five percent on thirty or three hundred thousand uh, is thirty thousand dollars that they're going to lose. This may be their home and the only money they have, their savings. So, but I want you to know that there are times when you put together the home for your client and you found everything they want, and you take them out and you say, "You forgot the pool. We need a pool." And we wanted something with a real fancy barbecue, you know. This doesn't meet our criteria, and they're a little upset with you. And then you open up and tell them, actually, we can put those things in. You'll get a brand spanking new pool. How would that be? And you'll get a nice patio with everything exactly the way you want it, right down to the brand names. So you can do that with a Fannie Mae Homestyle. You, you know, we did one with a pool and a, a fancy barbecue patio. Uh, they put a door in one of the rooms so they could go out the back door and get closer to the uh, the pool. So anyway, there's, all these things are possible. Uh, we need to concentrate on those things and make sure that you, you're doing your client right. But I stopped into a lender's office years ago, a couple years ago, and he was telling me how uh, he's got 105 borrowers, all with excellent credit. They're they're qualified already. They're 
pre-qualified, they're ready to go, and there's no properties. And I said, what do you mean there's no properties? I just drove around town on the way here. I must have counted 50 or 60 boarded up houses. Those are for sale. Somebody wants to get rid of them. And it was kind of interesting because we didn't want uh, to embarrass them, and yet it was embarrassable. <laughs> so, so what we did was uh, I, I put the phone on speaker, and I called a friend of mine who was a realtor in that area, and he says, uh, oh, my God, Mike, there's nothing on the MLS. We're totally dry. Uh, I mean, there's not a thing on the MLS. I said, okay, I'll call and talk to you a little later. And I got off the phone, and I thought, too many Christmas. One, there are houses for sale. They're all boarded up. They're all over the place. I don't know how many, but I went by about 50 or 60 recently, like today, on the way here. So what happens? Um, I got on the phone and called a friend of mine in that area who was a wholesaler of homes. He belongs and started his own branch years ago of REIA, Real Estate Investment Association. They're all over the country right now. Uh, if you click or do a Google search for, uh, or a DuckDuckGo search for REIA, California, you're going to come up with about a list of about 30 California REIAs. If you put it in Oregon, you're going to find them there. If you, you know, so it's REIA Oregon, REIA Portland, if you want to be more specific. If you're in California, REIA Sacramento. I think there's three or four of them there. Uh, only one of them I can't recommend. But in any case, they are a wholesaler. I got him on the phone while I was sitting in that lender's office and introduced myself, and I said, hey, we're looking for some properties. We've got 105 borrowers. I said, can you give me an idea how many houses you have available right now? And he laughed. He says, well, I'm in this area. This is where I moved to. And uh, I personally have 125 houses for sale in this area. And I thought to myself, and I'm looking at the the lender, who's just red-faced, he says, you mean this guy's got a, I only need 105 of those, and I got 105 loans. So I asked him to give me an example of one of the properties that he has available, and he laughed. He said, well, Mike, if it's for you, I got one, 25000 cash. You give it to me today, you can have that house. I said, do you have any idea how much it'll cost to fix it? He said, I know exactly how much it'll cost to fix it. Figure about sixty-eight thousand. I said, okay. So I got twenty-five and sixty-eight. So we're looking at ninety-five thousand, roughly. I said, what do you think it's going to be worth after it's fixed up? Is it two fifty easy? Two hundred and fifty thousand easy. I mean, that's some easy money, people. If you find a real wholesaler, someone like this guy, uh, then you're going to be much better off than trying to find something on your own. And if the MLS doesn't have it, the realtor can go there and lock up some properties right there in the REIA meeting. REIA, Real Estate Investment Association. I can't tell you, people, 
you're missing the boat if you think the MLS is the only place you're going to buy property. It isn't. And it's not where you're going to find the best deals, probably. When you buy a house and you're using a realtor, who does the, work, the realtor work for? You have seller's agents. You have buyer's agents. But guess what? They all get paid a percentage of the selling price. So the higher that selling price is, the more they make. Now, so you got a $30,000 commission, and they're each getting $15,000, and one of them is supposed to be hammering this thing to get it down to 25000 where they'll get less of a payday. Uh, you might uh, <laughs> you might need some coaching. So anyway, over the years we've told we shot taught people how to buy real estate with no money down. And when we come back, we'll talk maybe a little bit about that. Uh, so anyway. I see we're up against the clock here, or we'll be very shortly, so it's a good time to take a break. So if you want to give us a call when we come back at 888-627-6008, be part of the show. We'll be right back, so stay tuned. We moved into our new home knowing it had faults when we discovered more damage than anticipated. Then we heard about the renovation loan that would allow us to refinance the loan and get the money to make those repairs all in one, one low-interest loan. What a great idea. Hey, welcome to Love My Renovation Project, where my stands for Mike Young. So love Mike Young's renovation projects, love every one of them. That's not true. You know it. I know it. We... Uh, we love renovation. I love watching a house go from something that's not so pretty into somebody's dream. That is absolutely the most fun thing I do, is watching the expression on their faces when that house turns out to be just what we wanted. Oh, my gosh. I didn't, you know, these people that are buying these houses don't have any experience. So what we do is we get in there and and take that off of their hands. We, we do that with them, for them, and uh, make sure their dreams come true. But I know I had one years ago that this young lady, I think she was maybe 21, buying her first house. Uh, they had just got married. She was already pregnant, and they decided to buy a house. And when she came to see the finished product, she stayed away from the house, as the contractor had asked her to do. So he got, uh, didn't have all of her stuff to climb over, uh, and Tony's trying to put this house together. So fun, fun, fun. The expression on her face when she saw it, the tears running down her cheeks, uh, she was just so excited. Uh, and that's that's what it's all about, is, is seeing people get into their dream homes uh, that maybe they thought they were letting themselves down when they first got into it because of the condition of the home. And yet when it was all finished, said and done, fresh paint, new carpet, new uh, kitchens, new bathrooms, you know, it really does warm your heart. So anyway, I had a, one of my favorite uh, deals that we ever did was an eight-unit building in a 
had a gal call me the other day and say, can I take an eight-unit building and turn it into four units with the 203K? Well, actually, depending on the zoning, and if, and if, it's, if it's sitting vacant like the one we did, I'm sure the city will do just about anything to get it back into production and start collecting taxes on it again. But that's one of the unique aspects of the 203K is you can take a five, six, seven, or eight-unit building or bigger if you're turning it into a one, two, three, or four building, unit building. So, you know, anything over, five units or over is considered a commercial building. So you could literally, if uh, you wanted to, is turn the downstairs or the front half of the downstairs into a commercial uh, venture, a commercial building, and keep the back half and the upstairs as residential. And you could do up to four-unit residential. Now, the one we did was eight studios, and we were able to turn it into three four-bedrooms and one three-bedroom house or apartment. Um, when we went down to the – well, let's back up a little bit. The client was a very soft-spoken person. I really didn't think they could uh, – would be very good managers. And so many of the people on Section 8 know the system and they work the system. So I took him down to the city uh, and we talked to an old friend of mine, Mrs. Brown, who ran that particular housing uh, project uh, office. And there was about 20 or 24 people behind the desk sitting out there and when she came out of her office, walked up, how can I help you, Mr. Young? And I said, well, do you have any need for three and four bedroom apartments? And 24 people in the back of her were yelling, yes. I mean, not yelling, but mouthing, yeah, 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 we need them. I got clients. So they all had clients looking for that, 24, you know, 24 people looking for four and three bedroom apartments. That's cool. So I knew we had a winner going in. And then I asked her, I said, my landlord, the guy that's going to be having these houses, is going to live in the three unit, the three bedroom house. And we got, we'll have these four bedroom, three, four bedroom units available for you. But I don't, I don't think he's got the, the wherewithal personally to be a landlord. So what we're asking you to do is instead of the, if we turn all these over to Section 8, I want you to collect all the money and make sure it goes into his bank account every month on the 1st, which you're so good about. And she said, well, we don't do it that way. You know, each client has so much they have to pay. I said, right, but I want you to collect it. And she says, well, we can't do that. It's not in the rules. I said, well, make an exception. Rules are just rules, They're, uh, but people are people. And if you want these four bedroom units, you're going to need to adjust the rules because this landlord is going to be worked over badly by your, your clients that know the system. I mean, if they're paying $50 a month for a four bedroom unit, and they won't pay it. They just won't pay it, knowing that you're not likely going to turn down 
a thousand or fifteen hundred dollars a month rent over fifty dollars. You'll just bite it in the bullet, bite the bullet, and sometimes a hundred or two hundred, but uh, a month is their share, and that still leaves the borrower with thirteen hundred a month for a two-bedroom apartment, possibly. So, excuse me, for a four-bedroom apartment. So what we got to do, we finally won. They finally agreed to do that. And that was a blessing because this guy, I just, you know, he, he might have surprised me. He might have. But why not do the service if you can go that extra mile for your client? Why not? It's, it's all about serving that client, and everyone is different. Okay, so whenever you have that, let's see, three-bedroom units. Uh, we're at that time we're going for fifteen hundred a month, and one bedroom was twelve hundred a month. You know when I had a fourteen-unit building with all those studios in it, three hundred fifty dollars was about all we could get in those days. Wow! But the rents would be fifteen hundred each for the four-bedroom units. We had three of them, so that's uh, forty-five hundred a month. Then the three bedroom would rent out typically around twelve hundred, fifty-seven hundred dollars a month, at seventy-five percent, or forty-two hundred and seventy-five dollars a month, additional income to help the buyer qualify for the loan. That's the thing. If you qualify to buy a single-family house because of the income adjustment that's made for multiple units, three and four you could very easily qualify for a three or four unit building. So keep that in mind. If you're looking to build a rental uh, dynasty at some point, then you certainly can start it off with a three or four unit building. So the next thing we're going to talk about a little bit is the maximum number of draw inspections you can have on a 203K project. Maximum number is five, right? Everybody knows that. The guideline says the maximum number of draw inspections is five. Well, that's true and it's not true. We had a major lender turn down a loan when our contractor said, look, I want 10 draws set up on this thing. Uh, I want, every time I hit 30000 it's a $300,000 project. Every time I hit 30000 in money that I can collect, I want to get 30000 back. And the lender wouldn't let us line it up that way, even though the guideline says that it's okay, provided everybody agrees. And that was the old guideline. Uh, the new guideline is a little less flexible. They say that they're only going to finance five draws. So when they say a maximum of five draws, they mean a maximum of five draws can be financed into the mortgage. Doesn't mean you can only have five. You can have six, seven, ten. I had 13 on one, but it was a $545,000 project. The construction was 545000 He took 13 draws. Now, his early draws were 50000 apiece, you know, but the later, later he had to pay his subs and needed draws in order to pay the subs for the various things he was putting in that house. 
but the guideline is very clear. FHA is just an insurance company, and they are willing to include only five draws in the loan amount. Doesn't mean you can't get six, but the sixth one is going to be paid typically from your contingency reserve with a change order, or you can pay in cash, or if the uh, contractor if the contractor was um, uh, at fault and needed that extra draw, maybe make him pay for it. All right. But the 4240.4, revision two, that's a handbook, 4240.4, uh, said that it can be four intermediate draws, that's one, two, three, and four, and one final draw are inspected by the HUD assigned fee or staff inspector. So what they're saying is if you uh, if you have five draws and you use four of them and now you're on your fifth and it isn't the final, you need to collect the check on that one. All right, you need to collect the payment on that one, cash or whatever. Once you have collected that money uh, and you go back for the next draw, if it's not the final, then you need to collect it again. We recommend that you collect it in cash. Uh, it really ticks me off when somebody has me a hot check on the final draw. But in this case, when you get to that final draw and you know it's the final, you bill it to ask you know your to your uh, to your lender along with your draw. But typically, they're supposed to pay four, and then they're supposed to pay the final one. Anyway, it's pretty clear to me. Uh, because of the statement in the original guideline, Eustace says, Eustace says this. <laughs> it used to say, if the cost of rehabilitation exceeds $10,000, then additional draw inspections are authorized, provided the lender and the borrower agree. The funny part of this thing is the original guideline said, you're going to have as many draws as you need, as long as everybody agrees. But only five four interim and a final, a project of $10,000. Well, that tells me if I got a $100,000 project that they expect you to do more than five. But now with the guideline, the way it is, it's they're only willing to finance five. But they also realize that you may need six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So whatever you need is what you're going to get. Uh, some lenders don't read it that way. And that's the funny thing. It's a guideline. Everybody reads it their own way. But so the new guideline that came out September uh, 14th of 2015 actually states there are no more than five draws because that's all that they will finance. Remember, they're an insurance company, and they work off the actuary tables. And if the table says uh, that we get in trouble when we give six, seven, and eight, and they're financed in the loan because each one is roughly three hundred and fifty dollars plus some mileage. So it could be it could be a situation where you need more than five. But the new guideline is, is they're only willing to finance five draws. End of story. So anyway, call us at eight 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 six two seven six double eight. Toll free to be part of the show. Uh, it's cold outside in Las Vegas, but that's where we are. Uh, we'd love to hear from you, but we'll be right back after this short break. So stay tuned. 
I thought we would get a construction loan to fix our home. But they wanted four points and nine percent interest. And if we didn't get the job finished within six months, they wanted more points. Then we heard about the FHA 203k program, where we could refinance our home and get the additional money to make those repairs all in one low-interest loan. What a great idea! Isn't it though? Hey, we're back with you.、Uh, call us at eight 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 six two seven six double zero eight. Toll free to be part of the show.、Uh, we appreciate it. And then you don't have to sit here and listen to me speak the whole time. But anyway,、uh, I thought I'd go over this again because it's always a problem.、Uh, turns out to be a problem is how do I choose a consultant for my project? Technically, the lender is supposed to choose your consultant, but I guarantee you this: if you come up, a homeowner finds a good consultant. And brings them to the lender. They're probably going to use that consultant. They don't want to be dictating to you who to use. So quite often they'll give you a list of two to three consultants for,、uh, that have been approved by the borrower. I mean, approved by the lender, so that the borrower has a choice.、Uh, most of our lenders don't give you a choice, since the onus is on them to choose a consultant. They'll just say, "Here, use the MyCan team," and so forth. But and, and we appreciate that actually.、Um, but the lender is responsible to choose a consultant. Technically, in many cases, the borrower will find a consultant online and request they be chosen, chosen by the lender.、Uh, if you're choosing people, that's it. <laughs> This is more likely. How you're going to find your consultant is is on the internet, unless you don't use the internet. But what questions are you going to ask? How do you know what to ask the consultant? Well, first thing is I'd ask him, "How long have you been consulting?" And if he's about to tell you, "Well, this is our first one. We're just getting into this, but we've taken some good classes and we know what we're doing, and we've got、uh, some top-flight people to help us." Uh, well, that might be okay. Then I'd be asking later, how many of these two or three cases, your loan officer, how many two or three cases have you done? Now, if he says this is his first one too, you're in trouble. I'll tell you right now, you're probably going to have problems. They'll be lucky to close this in 60 days. You need to have experience there. Now, if you're doing your first one and everybody else is experienced, bingo, you're okay. You're probably going to have someone helping someone, so that's good. Just don't try to do it on your own with brand new people all the way through.、Uh, anyway, the top real estate agent in this、uh, what was it, Coombs and Macarian Coombs, I think is the name, Macarian Coombs, if I remember right, out in Antioch, California. They had a top flight. Their number one real estate agent. She always hits number one. Had done a two hundred three k with a brand new consultant. It was her first one as a realtor. Her lender had never done one before. So they were putting it together. Luckily, I had trained the consultant, and I told him that we're here for you. Utilizes. 
So he called and said, well, what will I do first? How do I do it? What's next? And we walked him and held his, held his hand through the whole process. Uh, this realtor held her hand through the whole process. Uh, the lender the same way. We, we did everything. And I was putting on a seminar at 7 a.m. in the morning in Antioch, California, uh, a few years back. And I was looking at this massive board out there, all their sales agents. And number one was the, this gal. And she had long blonde hair. So I'm sitting in the room where they've got about, I think about 30 or 40 agents sitting in the room, too. It was all set up for seminars or uh, whatnot. And everybody was talking, and I was introduced, but everybody was still talking. So I have to get their attention. So the way I did it was I asked, is so-and-so in the room? And lo and behold, she stands up, and she's right in front of me. I said, you changed your hair. She says, yeah. <laughs> it's now it's short and dark hair. I mean, instead of long blonde. And I said, well, my name's Mike Young. And she walked right up to me, put her arms up on my shoulders and gave me a kiss on the cheek and sat back down, went back to her seat. And I, I got everybody's attention. I said, you know, you got your number one agent here, just closed her first 203K. Uh, can you tell them? what inspired you to do that or what what you could tell us about the process, what made it work. And she stood up and told everybody else, what made it work was this guy. I never met him before. I didn't know who he was when he was standing here. I didn't look to see who was talking today, who was speaking. But uh, he helped us way out through with the process, and we closed the first loan we ever did on 203K in about 30 days. And... She says, I just can't tell him how, how wonderful it was, and he didn't make a dime on it. I didn't charge anybody for that assistance, and that's what it's uh, its helping people. And, and that's what our company is all about is trying to help you get from point A to point B, make you the best you can be in your area. Uh, we're tickled to do that, and it's, it's literally uh, a bunch of fun. So let's get back to where we were. Um, and I told them, I said, isn't it interesting? Your number one agent is sitting in the front row. So, by the way, if anybody else wants to talk, pick it up, take it outside, and be feel free. You will not hurt my feelings out there. But if you're going to sit in here, you're going to shut up and keep pay attention. Uh, I used to be a drill sergeant in the United States Army, and I do have a different demeanor. And when people disrespect that, I, it annoys the heck out of me. So here we go. Uh, do you have the capacity to get my consult? These are questions that you might ask the consultant. You know, can I see a sample report so I can see what kind of report looks like when, so I can see what to expect? How many projects have you completed? Do you have the capacity to get my consultation and paperwork to me in a reasonable length of time? Now, that reasonable length of time, it could run two days to two weeks. You just don't know. I mean, if your project is a $545,000 construction project, we may need a little extra time because we need to get an idea of the engineering and so forth that's going to have to take place. Uh, so but what is a typical turn time for a $50,000 project? It's a fair question. Realize that the project, the larger it is, 
the longer it might take to prepare the bid specifications. We typically tell the client, typically tell the client four to five days from the time of the inspection for most projects. Doesn't mean we can't get it there the next day, and I know a couple of people that uh, pride themselves on turning it in the next day. All I can say is they don't have a lot of work. If they can turn it in the next day, they don't have anything else to do that day, and they burn it, and that might happen. So it's important to know, you know what you're going to get for your money, as all cons consultants don't provide the same level of service. Some do a bare minimum to get by, while others do, like us, do a lot more. We Our entire package includes everything the lender needs to turn into underwriting with their 203B paperwork to get this loan off the ground, minus only one form, maximum mortgage worksheet. The maximum mortgage worksheet a lender has to provide. They have to fill it out. Now, our software will actually fill it out for them, but you can't turn that one in because it must be filled out online by the re, uh, the loan officer. So what do you do? You're going to get out there and you're going to uh, get that uh, loan officer the information. If they need help filling it out, we can give them ours. It has all of our numbers filled out in the right place. All they then have to do is put their numbers in and, and fill it out online. Uh, another thing to watch out for is a little bait and switch operator. Uh, beware of those. You know they're not good for our industry. They tell you. Uh, I had a gal call me one day and says, "I've got a triplex in uh, Vallejo, California. What would you charge me for the 203k consultation?" And I said, "Well, a lot depends on what it is we're going to be doing. Do you need blueprints?" Oh, probably not. I don't know. Uh, well, it turned out they did. And the guy that got the job, we didn't. The guy that got the job said he, he was going to charge $350, and he lives in Vallejo, and that he could charge less because he lived in Vallejo, California. Well, the fact is that turned out to be a trip charge, a trip charge. He charged the same thing we did over and above the trip charge. So he charged $350 just to go out there that day. If he didn't do anything, you still got to pay the $350. And then he would bill the $800 or $850, uh, $875 that it would cost on top of that. So he's making $350 more than us, and then he needed a sketch. And he's been strange that he didn't uh, buy a program to do the sketch. He just drew a sketch out with pencil and throw down some numbers on it. Uh, we do everything more like a, an appraiser sketch or, you know, we used to use uh, Xactimate, which actually drew a blueprint, something that looked very much like a blueprint with five-inch walls and so forth. So anyway, that's, uh, that's where that is. Just be careful. Make sure you get what you want or get what you think you're going to get when you do it. I know people that turn in a scope of work and they think that's all that's necessary. Consultants, the scope of work is not all that's necessary. You have to have an inspection of the property. 
and, and identify it as not a home inspection. But you have to have a written inspection, a property inspection. Written property inspection on every 203K. If you don't have it, you're not doing your job. If they're not doing the job, they don't deserve to get the same pay as, as the HUD guidelines suggest they could get. So just be careful with that. Wow. Um, in any case, wherever, whatever you pay the consultant up to the HUD guideline amounts is reimbursable in the loan and counts as money you put down in the transaction. Your consultant may charge more than the guideline, but if they do, you're not going to get that money reimbursed in the loan because HUD uh, being a, or FHA being a insurance company, they will only go to their guideline as far as funding in the loan. So if you've got a $200,000 project, you might have to get a $100,000, uh, excuse me, a $1,000 fee for the first $100,000. You're probably going to have to pay another $1,000 fee for the second $100,000, but only one of those is going to be reimbursed in the loan. So just recognize that. Anyway, thank you for being with us today. We do appreciate it. Join us next week on Sunday between 1 and 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, this broadcast is coming to you from our Las Vegas, Nevada office. Oh, it's so nice with this plush carpeting in here now. Got all the curtains hung and everything. Oh. Anyway, we look forward to seeing you next time. So please bring your questions and plan on calling into the program. Uh, in the meantime, be careful. God bless you and Merry Christmas. Tune in every Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time to BBS Radio Station 1 and learn more about making home renovations possible, profitable, and hassle-free. Isn't it time you learned how to make money doing something you love? Visit 203konline.com now and let's get your home makeover projects done right. <laughs>